Hey, you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. I'm Lacey J, and this month we're focused on educators using social media for good. With me today is Nathan Webster. Nathan is a business professor at multiple colleges and is the founder of NWN Associates, a group of family-first marketing experts focused on consulting, marketing, and websites. Now, Nathan also hosts a podcast called Let's Talk Marketing, which I may very well be on at some point in the near future. Um, but I'm grateful to have you here today. Nathan, how are you doing? Oh, you're so awesome, Lacey. <laughs> yes, you're going to be on the show for show. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me on the Sprite Space podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. So before we get into kind of the meat of it, I like to start with a question focused around social media for good. If if social media is going to be a good part of our life, what good is it if it can't spark some joy in us? So tell me a piece of content that you've seen recently that brought you joy. Oh, um, I think it's the stuff that my wife sends me about her being a Leo or <laughs> her being nosy um, uh, or just like comic uh, comic-y little skits like folks have done on Snapchat, not Snapchat, uh, TikTok. I knew where you were going. <laughs> so you've been enjoying the TikTok platform? Uh, I mean, I don't like anyone. I don't um, or follow. I don't like any piece of content. I'm trying to keep it um, very basic. But um, anything that promotes authenticity and folks being who they are, um, especially in this social space more than ever before, because this is now truly a way of life that 10 years ago we wouldn't have predicted. I like being around or or not being around because you're not around it, but <laughs> scrolling through that content. Um, we had a couple months ago um, a woman named Gia Goodrich on the show, and she was uh, one of the panelists on our social media for good forum, too. She's based out of Portland, and the content she's putting out on TikTok, I think you would love. She talks a lot about um, how to be how, how to let people know that you're a big deal, um, you know, basically how to talk about yourself authentically in a way that that is true to your big deal ness. So. Gia Goodrich, check her out. I like her very much. How do you spell her name? Gia, G-I-A, and then good, and then rich. Rich. All right. Oh, mm-hmm. how that sounds. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk uh, teaching for a minute. So you teach business at the college level. Um, tell me about what it's like working with students in this capacity right now. Uh, I will first start off with the caveat as I'm an adjunct. Basically, mm-hmm. which means for those that don't know, it's a contractor, uh, which means in a lot of ways, I am I get I finally get paid the same as the ones that are tenure. Uh, but it we basically don't get paid for all the work that is done, nor do we have the same perks and biddies. I'm saying that to say is on the you know, to me that is not that big of a deal, uh, because it's not where I'm basing my career off of. But for the students, they don't realize it. And so they their expectations are mm. a bit different. So 
Um, this has been um, quite difficult in the last five years because the educational model that we have is just broken. Um, as we saw a couple of universities going defunct, I know the federal government has uh, gave them some life savers, but I don't know how much that is going to last for some businesses. I know, um, oh, uh, Basil's uh, ex-wife has saved countless HBCUs with her donations and gifts. Um, but at the end of the day, when it comes to dealing with students, they are now looking and which they should be for a return on their time and the investment that's going to put them in tens and tens of thousands of dollars of debt that is not guaranteed. So we as an education institution has to do, we have to do better. And students are demanding that. And unfortunately, uh, we don't have the answer. So um, it, it's, some, it's great because some students, which are some non-traditional and traditional students, um, this is what they need. And school is the best place for folks that don't know the next step. And so um, just like for myself, it was the next best step for me. But I now, I mean, I'm a critic, but at the same time, I love our students. It keeps me coming back to teaching. And for those students that are hungry, it's such a joy to be there to give them um, that opportunity to give them the the roots and the shade they need to grow. And um, I will say block out the shade from the haters. So you're teaching specifically um, business focused curriculum. So, you know, obviously there's like a syllabus that you follow and that kind of thing. But as a professor, is there a certain underlying message that you're trying to kind of that you really hope your students take away from classes with you to kind of prepare them uh, to start going into business? Absolutely. I do my best to not have them focus so much on earning an A. Uh, that's, I can't tell you how many students earn A's and earn the degree, but then they can't get a job. So that is the, you know, I tell them, don't come to me asking for help so you can get an A grade. I'm not saying A's are not important. It is important um, for GPA and for scholarships and for um, going to the next step in their academic journey. But I always stress that they understand the content that's being taught and how they can apply it to real world deliverables. Mm, I think that's such a good point. You know, I got a lot of really good grades through college, but there's only a few classes that I feel like I really took something from that I really use throughout um, throughout my career. Um, editing, you know, like how to properly edit content. Um, that was that's like the I feel like that's the the carry through piece that I've gotten through like the weed out journalism classes that I was in when I was in college is like how to properly edit content. That's the one thing I've I've pulled and used through my whole career. Um, and it's the worst grade I got. The worst grade I got and taught me the absolute most. You know, it's what they say. L's are not losses. It's learning mm. opportunity. And I, I think... Um, especially in this year that it has been very difficult for students because it, it definitely disrupted their learning. But part of their learning was on a system, almost like a hamster wheel where it was on autopilot and um, they weren't grabbing the things that were necessary. So um, to your point, uh, there are certain skills that you get in classes that if you're not attuned to, 
you'll miss it and wish like, oh man, I wish I could go back to that because I need, I need that now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about your company now. So NWN Associates is your company. Who does your company serve and what are you all great at over there? So NWN Associates uh, started off as a nonprofit consultancy as we evolved to a marketing agency because we were helping nonprofits. The idea was to help nonprofits, but then we started doing websites and the marketing plans and then social media and then surveys, building databases. Um, a lot of the things that at the end of the day, my sub, uh, subcontractor said, Nathan, we need to stop saying we're a nonprofit consultancy. Uh, we're a marketing agency. And so from that time, we brand it. So we do consulting on the business dev side um, with everything with a marketing lens. Um, then, of course, marketing and then website. So as I like to tell my customers, we do everything in the aspect to where you can only take what you kill and you kill what you eat. And if we're not doing it in a way where there's a return, where you get the kill, where you can take it home to your, your home, your family, and for the profit margin, um, then uh, we, we are not the best fit for you. How long have you had the business that you're running? Six years. Good job. You, you're almost to the point where most marriages fail, right? You hit that seven-year mark. <laughs> you're almost there, man. True. <laughs> Just soar past that one, you know. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we, we're going to keep going. <laughs> um, do you think that, because um, I listened to one of your podcasts from two years ago, too, about entrepreneurship versus a job, um, and I wondered if part of your your uh, choice to kind of choose business curriculum to teach is based around this idea of the importance of entrepreneurship. Um, how, how much have you enjoyed, uh, owning your own business and, and working for yourself this last six years? Whew. That's a great question, Lacey. I love it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of benefits that I love, um, from it, but as you know, it is a constant, not grind of what people put in grind. Um, it's you're always operating differently than somebody else and you got to catch yourself. So um, to be in the space, uh, it's it's hard work. There's no such thing as burnout, right? As you <laughs> I know. know. <laughs> My employees, they ask me, they're like, Lacey, I'm feeling a little burnt out. I'm like, great, go on vacation. Let's manage this. And they're like, don't you ever feel burnt out? I'm like, it's not really... I just keep going. <laughs> it's not an option. We, yeah, I'm burnt out, man. I'm burnt the hell out, but guess what? I got to keep going and there's no other option. Um, you know, sometimes I, uh, I play a little Wayne fireman, you know, cause it's like, I'm burning, I'm on fire, <laughs> but we got to keep going, baby. Yeah. We don't burn out. We just burn and burn and burn and burn, <laughs> burn to where it, it creates another layer of protection. I think mm. as in, um, you know, it's funny, a quick backstory was in, um, in, man, I'm dating myself now. In 1999, I had someone come to me and ask for um, some money to go in, which was a family member and to go in on a business idea. I said, sure. Long story short, it didn't work out. But that really was the impetus of me looking into uh, another opportunity than a nine to five. I was in the military. I was like, oh, I can make extra money. Someone does the work. Okay, this, you know, passive income 
Um, and ever since that, um, well, I will also say, um, I when I was working during school, I worked at Nike Security, and I got a chance to sit in Nike's jets. Um, and I will never forget that feeling of like, oh, how can I get this for myself? Uh, as someone says, you can't get there working a nine to five. So do you have a jet yet? Uh, not as today. So <laughs> y'all follow back up with me in about 10 years. You got it. You got it. Once you hit that 16 year mark, right? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to pull us into, into my favorite focus with, which is social media. So talk to me about, uh, what role social media plays for you in your life, your business, your brand. Yeah. You know, secret, <laughs> secret, um, uh, it is I, basically it is a hidden secret for a lot of companies if they don't um, if they when they are not doing it right and they're wondering like in, because it's an awesome touch point in the funnel. Um, but for us, it's been a great opportunity to really uh, leverage our, our our strengths and focus on the folks that we really want to work with. Um, social media, um, I as I tell. As I've learned, as I tell folks, and as you know, Lacey, um, you can go spend two hours going to a networking event, hoping to speak to, you know, two, three people, get some really warm leads, or you can spend two hours and doing that in ads um, in social on these social channels and get hot leads. And you might think it's a warm lead when you're networking, but it's really a cold lead. They were just trying to play the networking game. But the hot lead, it might be even a warm lead coming in when doing the ads um, or just organic, regular scheduled content that you have scheduled out that you created because you were super intentional. So um, social media has been a game changer. And without it, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. Yeah, I can see it. You know, the reason that I, I had reached out to you in the first place for this podcast is you know, we, you asked when we first got on this call, but we have never met in person, right? I've, I've followed you on LinkedIn for a while and I see your content coming out consistently and it's uh, very positive and inspirational, but also authentic. You know, it, it's not positive and inspirational to the point that it's just glossed over reality. Um, and, <laughs> and so I have really connected with the type of content that you've been putting out. And it seems like you have kind of your personal brand pretty settled and established. So if you were to communicate back to me the type of content that you put out for your personal brand, tell me what kind of messages you're trying to get across to people. As I've learned, especially as a marketer or marketing consultant or a consultant coming from a, a marketing agency is I need people to be authentic in what they do. Stop with the hacks, stop with the scheme, stop with all these other things that you've seen work for other people, what you believe think works for other people, and I need you to be you. Um, so um, when it comes to it, the piece of content I'm putting out is helping folks understand that if they want to be where they want to be, they first got to grow and they got to be uncomfortable by putting themselves out there. So I want to make sure that they trust me and you know, you don't do business with anyone you don't trust. And so I want to be able to make sure that I come across as as real. And then of course, when you see me in person, I will close the deal, but you also will see very much that I there's no change, there's no difference. And I try not, and honestly, I've learned this from the Marine Corps. 
um, always doing ceremonial stuff and everything else, but you had to be stoic. I could never smile and laugh and have a good time. And that's just not who I am. Um, I might have the face for it, but um, I, that's not who I am. I like to have fun and enjoy myself. So I do my best to make sure that comes across over those channels. Well, I think you succeed pretty well at that. Um, I, I'm interested as somebody who does post pretty consistently on, on channels, is LinkedIn your favorite platform? What's, what's your favorite platform? Uh, for business LinkedIn and well, I would say for the funnel is LinkedIn and then for personal is IG Instagram. And, and on Instagram, are you a bit more of a, of a consumer than you are a creator on Instagram? I do more scouting and recon on mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, it is the place where one, <laughs> probably the highest, most important reason is there's not politics as much. Oh, isn't that nice? Isn't it so nice? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's a wonderful thing. So, um, there's no politics, but then you get to see folks really come out in this, of course, was um, pre TikTok. Um, TikTok can be like, oh, you know, they can be, because again, I'm not following anyone, so I'm under the recommended for you. And um, it's got to be very pretty specific. You, of course, it's not Facebook's algorithms, but um, when it comes to Instagram, I'm, I'm pretty, and I sport, I follow Sports Center and, um, when the pandemic hit, I was really impressed with how they started to use their followers as content. And I think that's the beauty of social media. There is no comfort zone. You have to evolve. And ever since games started to come back on, they still continue to post those things and not just as a, a top 10 play. So I, I believe Instagram gives you that ability to where to truly put out great content nothing of where it's i mean you can write stories and all this other stuff but the creativity comes out in a lot of people and it's beautiful to see so um you're still on facebook a pretty good amount though i mean i am you're in the demographic you know you're <laughs> just but you but, have to be you know Lacey. <laughs> you know you you have to be and, but I would agree that I'm, I feel like I'm almost on Facebook a little bit more right now as a, uh, almost as an obligation, whereas Instagram is where I like to hang out. You know, that's where I actually like to make connections and that kind of thing. Yeah. I still, um, I still post on my personal Facebook, which I just started back up doing again, because it's just good business. Um, I do get leads from Facebook. You know, there are a lot of people um, that are on Facebook, maybe not as active. And the beautiful thing, um, you know, it's no secret because if you know it, if you're in there, you know that a lot of key decision leaders follow people, um, specific people on Facebook, and they're not on there for a short, for a long time. So your content will come up in their feed, which is part of Facebook algorithms to keep you scrolling. So I try to ensure that I stay top of mind with them by, by posting my little stuff that's still very businessy, uh, not, not as personal. I rarely post anything personal like my kids or my wife or um, that. I'm, I, you know, truth be told, I'm a very private person. 
you I wouldn't be able to tell from from <laughs> from your persona. You you know, you have that kind of really outgoing persona. Um, but I mean, you're right. I've never seen on any of your content pictures of of things that are more personal in nature. So, yes, I'm 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 encouraged by my peers, my colleagues to uh, post more. I'm like, no, that's um, that's different. And um, it, yeah, it, it's one of those things where you do got to draw a line and, and set boundaries and say, hey, look, this is I do this for <laughs> for the invoice. I'm not doing it for pleasure. <laughs> I would like to see uh like a throwback Nathan Webster post. Like give me Nathan Webster a picture of you at like 1617 and like, you know, what were you thinking about then versus what you're thinking about now? Give me give me a post like that. That'd be a good one. <laughs> I might I I think I might I'm, I might just appease you. I I like to be appeased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I will say uh, keep watching for it. All right, good. So at Spry, we kind of have this vision that we're really pushing forward, this concept of social media for good. And to us, what this means is, um, you know, there is there's a huge debate around is social media addictive and toxic and and bad for society of, as a whole is it um, a place where people can learn and connect and engage from anywhere in the world? I mean, both of those things are true. Um, we are trying to really lean hard into um, the potential that social media has to be a healthy place for online communities to grow, for people to connect and to learn and to laugh. Um, but part of... Part of that is facing the hard truths of what's bad about social media. So from your perspective, what's the worst, the very worst thing about social media? A lie is more believable than the truth. Ooh. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require it for you to, uh, I know we can say, it, oh, where's the facts? To, where's the fact checker? Or um, have you checked the sources? You don't need to do, on social media, there's no, no need for that. And that is, I would say, the worst because we're being that it's accessible to any age group. There's no warning. There's no liability. Technically, there is, right? But um, there is pretty much you participate at your own risk. And what happens in the aftermath, it happens. It's, and it's unfortunate because um, it has caused people to lose relationships, as in friendships uh all the way up to losing their life over it and it's not um it's, it's you know all, all i think is here i say it like this to where it's changing the game because they have gamified a lot of things and you know for the early ones that remember farmville um <laughs> you know it's just it, candy crush oh my gosh i know people dropping hundreds of dollars on that right but uh you know, to where that became the way of life for a lot of things. And you look at Robin Hood and their success, but you had that that individual that um, unfortunately created suicide um, because he lost so much money, but it was also part of the platform and how they gamify things. That's part of social media, um, keeping folks on there. And there's a whole psychology around it, you know, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, but and, and know the studies are out there, the reports are out there. But the worst thing about it 
I feel is that um, it's not great, just like anything else, if it's not done in moderation. Mm. So you had two good points, I think, pulled out of there. One is the truth, right? That's that's really that's that's one of the big pieces of like a bullet point on our list of what good means when we're talking about social media for good is it being true. Um, And, you know, checking the sources is one of the best ways that people can at least try to make sure that what they're talking about is true. Um, You know, I've had multiple occasions where I've seen something that was shared that with a few clicks, I can see that this article is shared from, uh, from a source that is in no way legitimate whatsoever. Um, and half the things that I want to share that I see that I want to share when I go and look at the source, I find that it's not a source that I would share from and choose not to share. Um, but like you said, it is even that kind of thing is nearly gamified because you see in your news section when you're scrolling through Facebook, right next to the headline is the share button. So you don't even have to read the article in order to feel inspired to it's they're literally trying to get you to share just based off the headline, which and we know it's called clickbait. Mm-hmm. So I that that's yeah, I mean, I can go on and on about that because there's a lot of folks that um, and I'm not saying formally or informally, but let's just say not educated to where you need to really make sure, double check, you can trust, but we say in the Marine Corps, verify, trust, but verify that it is what it says it is and not just what you want it to be. Yeah. Digital literacy, I think, is is the piece that I wish we could have uh, much more education on, you know, for people to be able to understand how the algorithms work uh, and how they can work against you um, and how you can work in uh, in coordination with the algorithm to curate content that actually feeds you instead of just being kind of (laughs) I imagine somebody on a, um, uh, you know, like a blow up floaty but going down a river and being taken down the river (laughs) instead of having an oar, you know? Like, we need digital literacy like we need oars going down a whitewater rafting expedition. Yeah, it's it's uh, it kind of takes me back a little bit, but more, um, this is not as big as, say, social media, but they used to argue um, in, in high school, and probably the argument is still there, is do you teach kids or do you teach students how to use spell check um, or do you teach them to write? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to have them do it in these platforms, do you help them with the grammar in these software systems or do you t- just teach them what grammar is? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think that's still not a hundred percent sound. Um, and yet, as you said, editing is one of your key things that we do. It is a huge knock on community colleges when the students transfer because they can't write. And which leads me back to the point of what you were saying in social media, it is social media language that is now, there's two things where it comes to social media. People don't know what truly is a, a credible source. And then their language of thinking that they're communicating is so botched. It's crazy. 
And then the second piece that you talked about there on uh, some of the worst things about social media is moderation, right? People being able to actually set good boundaries and have moderation in their use of these platforms because you're right. I mean, if you watch The Social Dilemma, which that movie or that documentary from Netflix was one that kind of launched spry into this social media for good, um, you know, we know that that the platforms are literally programming us to continue using and continue using. It's it's an addiction and it's a dopamine addiction. And if if we're not aware of that and we're not in control of setting good boundaries, then it, again, takes us down this path of overuse, which burns us out. Um, and and my whole thought of, of all of this social media for good is like, listen, if we're going to be working inside this platform and if we're going to be making money off of working inside this platform, then we better be putting some effort into making it a healthy place for people to be, which I don't have Zuckerberg's phone number. So the best I can do is talk to uh, all of us users about just being aware and intentional Um setting good boundaries, keeping your phone in another room at night, you know, setting a timer when you go onto social media to make sure that you're intentional about the time that you're in there. That's that's good. That's good. Okay. So let's flip the script for a second. Uh, what about what's great about social media? What's what, what are some of the wonderful things about social media in your perspective? So as an competitor, I saw you say that. I like that. You are a lifelong competitor, aren't you? I am. Uh, it, it eliminates excuses and and forces you to level up. I can't remember what a uh, professor told me that said, look, at one point, the phone, he was holding a phone. He says at one point, and still is to this day, it's about $20,000 in your hand that you can now use um, right now to move in whichever direction you want to, because 10, 20 years ago, that was 20, that was 10,000, 20 to $50,000. And it's all been democratized into where it's in the palm of your hand. So um, I think when it comes to social media, and you can say that have the internet to it, um, now that's being indexed by the search engines, mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it's no, it's, there's no longer an excuse for someone that wants to go out for their own. They, they don't have to like travel around the world to get all this experience. They can get it all um, right there and get it. And this, I will say the second thing is it gives people exposure to something that they may not ever, ever seen. Um, you can see like, for example, private jets or sport, sports cars or islands. You can just put in a hashtag or and it's going to be on social media versus like a search engine, it will have more on social media. And you're like, oh, and at least for me, I will then say, Nathan, how can we get that? You mm -hmm. know, and, and so and that's where I believe social media is good, because there's nothing that's impossible unless you say I can't do it. Yeah, I think I've never heard of it said that way, but about the actual kind of monetary value of what you hold in your hand, you know, the access that you have to free education, the access that you have to audiences that exist there. I've, I've never thought about the real monetary value that we have access to through 
our phones. But that's that's a really brilliant way to kind of look at it. And it also brings, I feel like, a little bit of an added layer of responsibility, right? If, if you think of it that way and not just as like this, you know, this tool that you're entitled to and that you've always had and that you use, um, there's it's a totally different mindset to think of it as this value that you have and it's your responsibility to use it as you will. I like that. That flipped a script in my head a little bit, man. <laughs> right. It, it's uh, it's one of those things, too, that um, it, it has made me, especially, at, let's just say, at the end of the day, I want to be able to say, I know I have done every single thing that I can um, by either, you know, which I grew up with a phone that was connected to the wall. I, I had a, there was no call waiting. Uh, there's no like, oh, you can't add a third line. Um, it, it didn't do very much. So, and then if you did it, you had to be very intentional. You had to know the number. Now that phone is like, who cares if you're not listed in the yellow pages? You, you know, but, and I could go on and on, but I, at the end of the day, there's no excuse for me not to be where I want to be because I'm the one that's saying no to myself. And so being that I also have kids, it, my, my kids also help me because of course they want to play games on it. But then when they're done playing their games, they're like, oh, I want this or how, what about this? I'm like, go look it up. I, I had encyclopedias. And then, and before encyclopedias, I had to go to a library. Mm -hmm. And I know I sound really old, but you know, I would have loved to just search in a long keyword, uh, you know, long tail search for it, you know, that, that there's, there's no, there's no greater time to have access to resources as we do today. So, um, and social media has helped develop um, knowledge in, in, in ways that we, we couldn't have access to. And thank goodness for it, because, man, SEO back in the days of yellow books, when you just added yellow pages where you just added three A's to the beginning of your business name so you could be at the top of the list. At least we're far from there, you know. Right. People ask, why, why, why do they have their name triple A or acute this or ABC this? Because they want to be at the top of the list because people yeah. are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man, I've just been, I've been rebranding a company, helping them rebrand from, they had just like an A at the beginning of their name that made no sense in their business name. And they're like, okay, we finally need to do something about this. I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> let's, let's fix this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think is, I, no, I think is, I, I, I think it's pretty funny how people still as in business owners and some key leaders they have this old brick and mortar mindset, which makes sense because, you know, you make base, make these decisions based on your experiences, but social media has disrupted. Um, and then also you got to give credit to Lyft, then Uber, you know, grab the idea, raise more money um, to how Uber created more users on how it could not, which they don't want to be known as a ride sharing company. It's like media and Zuckerberg is like the same way. So even though it's social media, they don't want to be known as just social media. They want to say like, this is a lifestyle brand. Mm -hmm. and, and so to that point, I think this is where um, the good thing about social media is you, it can be a lifestyle um, brand um, and you can go about things to where you don't have to be under and be basically be pigeonholed in one industry. Uh, social media has opened the door to where 
you can be more than what you think you can do. But be careful at the same time because, uh, the, as they say, the riches are in the niches. Mm, I like that. <laughs> okay, so what about, um, you know, I, I see this vision of social media for good, this world where people are using social media in a way that benefits people. They're building online communities. They're speaking the truth. They're um, in having a really good quality equity and, and diver, uh, diversity and inclusion. Um, do you see that as a possibility too? Do you, do you see that as happening and as something that, that people could continue to lean into and really um, make social media a place for good? I think it has to be. It will. It will be. I, I just like autonomous vehicles. Um, it, we are just at the very beginning. Um, in a hundred years, uh, when we're dead and gone, um, and who knows if my children will be around even that time. My, you know, grandkids will probably be the ones um, regulating all those things because it will be a digital world. Because it, it is now. It's just. We have a, a lot of older people that still just doesn't grasp, they don't grasp the, the concept of it. And it's because they want to stay analog and physical and which is fine. But um, just like I tell my mom, I'm like, mom, this is not hard. It's not, it's not rocket science. You're just making the choice not to want to learn it. So I think everyone that's coming up in, in this, in these next 10 to 20 years, um, and also with the exodus of the baby boomer generation, I think we will see a magnification of what type of platforms are being used. I think, you know, also this, the, the, the language of can't be on social platforms and employee handbooks will be, uh, be modified. Right. Um, so I, 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 the pandemic did hurt the gig economy, but the gig economy is still out there and still alive. And, we are headed, um, all that to say, we are headed and still in that direction um, because it's just, it's just the way it is. It has not only the technology, um, but also how we connect and how we do work. And this is a very capitalistic world. So it will be part of our ecosystem because only a third, only a third, which is crazy, of people are on these social platforms. It's not even the whole world yet. So what can we all be doing to be leaning more into social media for good? Mm. Oh, God. Um, that's a billion-dollar question, Lacey. <laughs> um, you know, there are certain things that we just need to call folks out on. Um, I don't think it's so much as you unfriend. I think that's important, too. But I think we need to rewrite um, I want to, I do want to say like, we need to unlearn some things, but before we unlearn some things, we need to rewrite, for example, what is a friend? Mm. You know, a, a friend is not someone you meet for the first time or you haven't connected. There's supposed to be something substantive there. Um, so if you want to say it's a connection, I think some of those would be need to be rewritten and we need to un then unlearn that a friend is, is, is not someone that you have had on Facebook. Uh, another, so we have to rewrite some of those things that are what we kind of just in passerby of, oh, it is what it is. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Mm, it is because in, in teenagers, uh, um, from anxiety to suicide, 
um, that that has gone up and we have to do a better job with that. I think the other thing that we, we have to do a better job in doing social media for good is really look at how we are um, allowing our younger generation just to consume it mm-hmm. without having any discussion around it. And I know it's kind of simple, you know, of like doing or not doing it, but I, it's just kind of like music, you know, if you're not listening to the words with other folks, um, it's interesting. So let me just jump to the, the bigger point on when it comes to businesses. Businesses fund it because of ads, right? It's free. We have to let folks know that their privacy uh, is at risk when they are participating in these things. And we have to hold these companies accountable. So part of that is, is just making sure you understand what you are participating in and um, hold these companies accountable, which also means people in the inside, they hold folks accountable. It's just not one person. There's several people that are responsible um, for, you know, as they say, you know, it, it, we won't do any evil. Well, how do we know? Where's the transparency? Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to demand instead of just being users um, because we are being used. Very much so, which is why personally, I I am happy with the Apple updates of giving people the opportunity to choose whether they want to share their data for ads or not. You know, a lot of people and, and businesses and Facebook themselves, you know, threw a big fit about about this change that it would significantly impact small businesses. But if we're not smart enough to be able to adapt to people being able to have the choice whether they want to have ads served to them in this personalized way or not, then shame on us that's how i feel um okay so <laughs> you preaching girl preach that <laughs> from the mountaintops <laughs> oh man so the last question that i have um brings us around to our personal relationships with social media so you know some of us have great social media habits and boundaries and some of us don't mine varies from day to day based on how i'm feeling what i'm experiencing where i'm at in my cycle if we're honest so um for you uh, how's your relationship with social media? Are you, do you think you have a great relationship? You have good boundaries or there's still things you need to work on? Um, how, how are you in social media do it, man? Uh, that's a really great question. I, and I think it's obviously it's different for everyone. Um, I, for me, for, oh man, it's a loaded question too. Cause I'm, of course it is. It's digging deep, man. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. You know, cause there's every platform has its own personality. And, you know, as I explain it to my customers or my clients, I say, hey, look, uh, don't try to be all things to all people, right? Which is a classic saying, but it's just like the the um, platforms. You can't put the same content out on all the platforms and think it's going to do well. It's just that's not how the algorithms work. And part of the algorithm um, is, well, I say I keep saying algorithm because sometimes people don't realize it is an algorithm that keeps you on there, like you mentioned earlier. So my personal relationship is not giving them the algorithm that is for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So I do my best. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm, TikTok murders the non-algorithm that is recommended for me, right? Um, but I'll, I will also say it's not just the algorithm TikTok is doing. I think it's it's the all the right tools that have uh, from Friendster to 
well, Napster, Friendster, uh, MySpace, MySpace. <laughs> right? That throughout the years, it's just gotten better. And uh, being that, yes, I am an educator, um, you know, we're told to cover, stay in between the lines and be creative. All of a sudden they tell us to stop, just shut up and do what you're told, follow these rules. And then all of a sudden you get into the workforce, we need you to be more creative. Well, we didn't really have a healthy outlet unless you went to IHOP or Elmer's and you take the coloring uh, uh, crayons and you, oh, like, oh, let me get snaps from my kid. Uh, <laughs> but we finally be, were able to still live on our right side of the brain because we're all creators. We are all producers. We just have not had that canvas to do so um, digitally speaking until now with, uh, with TikTok. So the personal relationship when it comes to social media for me is just making sure that it's not my life. Uh, it is, it is a compliment, but it, it is, it, it complements my life, but it's, it's not me complimenting. It's not me adding to where, or how can I say it? Yeah. Cause uh, it's like, it complements your life. Your life doesn't complement it. Thank you. And I, and when I was going to, and, and also to say it doesn't complicate my life. Mm. either. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, that's why I really want to say that was my hammer and I missed Compl it. it. It compliments, not complicates. Thank you. There we go. Okay. So, uh, I've just seen that in both personal and business. And, um, if you just take off the social media, which a lot of folks say like, I can't do this any longer. I don't. And it's like, yeah, who, no one said you had to. <laughs> so um, I think when people are, um, and I don't know it's, if it's just generation, they think like, oh, I got to be popular or I got to have a feed. And I want to post all these cool things. I want people to know. It's like, no one really, like, if, if you really want people to care, just invite them over to your home, you know, <laughs> take them out for happy hour, like go, go out somewhere, do something. But I, I think that will be people's downfall is not knowing that it is to compliment, not complicate. I saw this great, I, I think it was an Instagram reel um, of millennials explaining the real world to Gen Xers. Um, is it Gen Xers? What's the one that's youngest right now? That's Gen Z, isn't it? So millennials explaining the real world to Gen Z. It's like, okay, so it's like what you see on social media, but it's better. You can touch it and you can smell it and and you can taste it it's all the same things that you, that you see when you're on social media but it's it's real and it's in front of you and it's real life and it's even better than what you see on social media i'm like this is this is great it's 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 <laughs> it's true <laughs> how much time you know how much time we spend searching for uh jets on instagram um and it's like in real life even better man even better right and then you were like whoa is that is that it? You spend, <laughs> it, it uh, am I done now? That's it? <laughs> yeah. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. This was really fun. Our very first conversation. Uh, I know. It was recorded. <laughs> there was pressure. It, it was fun. I saw you with your stress ball over there. <laughs> it is. It's right here. <laughs> I love it. I, I snatched this from my kiddo. <laughs> okay well thank you so much for your time um we'll include the links to all of your um social media profiles and your website in our show notes and and push some posts out with this when it publishes as well um for 
for those of you interested to hear more from Nathan, definitely connect with him on LinkedIn. I love all his content there. So you'll get a good stream of, of stuff if you connect with Nathan on LinkedIn as well. So um, everybody listening, thank you for your time. We appreciate you. We hope that you continue using social media for good and that you always keep learning. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> good job, good job, good job, good job. This Spry Space podcast is brought to you by Spry Social Media Marketing, digital marketing agility, edited by Chad Hinman and executive produced by Lazy Fought.